You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, joining us now, Ken Barkley from You Better You Bet. You literally just heard him 22 minutes ago. Joining us now on the Roman Guest Line, Ken Thanks so much for joining us uh, 22 minutes after you just got done talking for three hours. So nice of you. Four hours. <laughs> well, four, four hours. You guys really steered into that one. That was good. Like, well, you just heard him 18 minutes ago. I mean, geez. Uh, I'm doing good. Had a little dinner. Watching a little, watching Wake Duke right now, which seems like a Cameron's kind of rocking, which is kind of cool for a game like that. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. How you guys doing? Ken, I was uh, listening to you We're last good. night, and I checked out your overnight's piece on BetQL, which is great. Everybody check it out, of course. But um, I saw you had a couple different things that you were leaning towards. Did you end up playing any of those, like uh, Cincinnati uh, tonight? I think it closed at 2.5. I did just end up grabbing the 3 over at BetMGM. It was there for a quick second. Uh, and then I saw, I saw that, uh, did you like Texas tonight, too? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge wuss on that Memphis-Cincinnati game. We did, like, our power hour. You're to smart, though, you looks bet. like, yeah. Well, I, well let's, let's reserve. I mean, honestly, even the result wouldn't tell. Like, whatever the result is of that game, I'm a huge wuss, honestly. I probably should have bet. There was, like, a three-and-a-half on the board for a little bit with Cincinnati. I probably should have bet Cincinnati in the game. Uh, I didn't. Memphis is a tough team, though, and I'm sure you know this, Ryan, like you were handicapping the game and, and trying to figure out what to do. Like, how real, when teams just change what they are completely, it's already February, like we've been watching these teams for three months. When a team just totally changes what it is on the fly from a metric standpoint, like, what are we supposed to do about that? Like, right. are we really supposed to just go with the momentum, either positive or negative, of how the team is playing? I mean, Florida State, Florida State looks like they want to not be a basketball program anymore. Like, are we supposed to trust that yeah. now in future games that that's like a real thing? Like, I think I, I think they're a later game. They got Clemson tonight, right? They're like a small favorite at home. I, I just that's a that's a perfect like counter example of Memphis, a team that all of a sudden is just lights out, playing insanely well. I think they won five in a row. So like when the market basically switches, like uh, flips a switch on this team in terms of how they're rated. Like Memphis is rated better in that game tonight than they have been in any game so far this season by multiple points. Like, what are we supposed to do about that? Are we playing against that? Like, that's wrong? Or, you know, like, you know, it's, a, it's an exaggeration of how they're playing? Or do we go with it? Like, yeah, they are playing way better. Almost like playing the Bengals during the playoffs. Like, no, they're just different. Like, they're just going to be different than what we've seen. That's one of the toughest things, I think, about sports betting, obviously, is when you have these small momentum shifts in the NBA, it's no different with a bunch of people. Boston. I was just guys, about example, to ask you about Boston. Yeah, it's the same thing, Tristan, though, right? Like, and yep. it's, I, know, I know you guys like handicap and think about a ton of games. I'm sure you agree. Like, the short-term, like, huge disappointment or huge successes for, like, three weeks, two weeks, like, I find those in basketball to be the toughest. Yeah. Like, when yeah. to start fading that team or when to start playing on the team. Or when even to start jumping, yep. jumping on, too. Like, I was talking to somebody about Boston, and Boston's been a, a stay-away team for me for – I mean, over 12 months, like I've, I've had stay away, I would call it moments. And then Boston ends up going on some tear. They completely change their identity. All of a sudden they become a really good defensive team. Ime Udoka went from being 
I would say, seen as like almost like a first-time coach laughing stock because he's playing uh, this like drill sergeant to maybe they figured it out. And I was talking to a friend about this, and they're like, oh, yeah, I should have started betting on Boston when they went on a four-game heater. And I was like, but last year they went on four-game heaters and then lost the next six and then went on a three-game winning streak and then lost the next eight. So I guess how do you determine, and does it matter between – college and pros in terms of like determining that inflection point when a team is starting to figure things out? Sure. I, well, it's a great question. First of all, it's basically like a, uh, like a handicapping 101 question, right? And I don't mean that in terms of like it's basic. I mean, it's just like something you're going to have to account for if you want to handicap basketball because like you can make a number on a game and that's great. And you can know the injuries, the relevant injuries for a team, especially in the NBA where stars are like so important to the points. But you can know all that stuff. But like, what is the valuable bet in the game or like what seems to be like an advantageous side to take? It can be really tough. So I think in college and pro, I would give like two different pieces of advice for how I like to do it. So in college, as opposed to pro anything in college basketball, I will always stand firm that there are good and bad spots that teams can be in on their schedule. And it has very little to do with fatigue and has a lot to do with a combination of like momentum and key games on their schedule. So in college football, obviously these are super easy to identify, right? Every time has like three or four obvious rivalry games, they'll play cupcakes leading into the rivalry games. Like there's a flow to a college football season. College basketball tends to be no different, like short-term spurts where like teams are going to play like a rival and storm the court and win. And then the next game, they're going to be like, three and a half on the road against a terrible team and you just know that they're dead like you just have no there's no shot basically and in college basketball i actually think that's a real thing it's tough to account for like consistently all the time but it has to matter in some way like we had uh we had a guest on our show tonight and uh and i'm going to mispronounce his last name so i don't even want to say it, but we have a former coach from maryland on our show <laughs> and he was basically telling a story i'd rather not say it than get it wrong i guess let's put it that way but like brilliant insight basically saying yeah. he was watching the warm-ups for Purdue against Maryland on Sunday. And, like, think about Purdue's season, right? Like, test game after test game, uh, like, big-time game, Michigan, two games against Illinois. Uh, they're playing Maryland on a Sunday or whatever. Who cares? And you could t- he was on the court, and he's watching them warm up 90 minutes before the game, and they're, like, half-assing it all over the place. And he's, like, sitting there. and he, I mean, this is a former coach, like, watching this. And he's basically, like, I texted people, and I just go, hey, like, I don't bet but somebody told me they were like a 16-point dog in the game. It's like they got no shot, or a 16-point favorite, I should say. They got no shot covering that. Like there's, there's a realness to that with college athletes that I think doesn't exist as much with pro athletes, right? So that's the college part of it. It's just like trying to find those spots combined with what the number is in the game. For pros, I try to – it's really tough, right? NBA is like such a tough sport to mm-hmm. bet. What I try to do is – I try to find pivot points on the schedule based on fatigue where I think a team is likely to start playing poorly or start playing better. So, like, let's say a team has, like, a brutal five-game West Coast road trip. They come home two days off, three straight home games against bad teams. And this is a team that's been underperforming versus expectation. So that's been Atlanta a couple times this year has had spots like this. Utah is going through one right now where they just become, like, a play on. Maybe they're about to get a player back from injury or, like, something stabilizes. And it's, like, usually time off plus like home road switching tends to create like stability and a team will play that way for like three to five games. They'll start to play exactly the same way. This is Brooklyn when they were losing recently. This is Utah when they were winning, winning recently. This is Toronto before they went like on this brutal schedule part that they have right now. And now they're in a part where you want probably want to start fading them. Mm-hmm. Van Vliet gets hurt. The schedule's rough. They start going on the road a lot. Obvious pivot point, right? To start betting against them. So it's really tough. It's obviously a little more, 
like kind of hocus pocus than like something mass driven or making a number. But I think for NBA, especially the schedule and the fatigue is going to drive so many of your decisions. It's like the holistic element of the ebbs and the flows or the sinusoidal wave of the actual schedule at but itself. it's the most fun part, too, yeah. right? Isn't that the yeah. most fun thing to think about? Like, I like making numbers on games, and I and they're obviously, that should drive, for me, that drives, like, a lot of my decision-making. But, like, if I'm off on a game and I have, like, kind of this other, like, superfluous stuff, like the schedule spot and all this stuff, or I can see why a number might be what it is and I disagree because of the things we're talking about, like, that's almost, like, the fun part, right? For like sure. That's, like, kind of the, that's, like, the, the, the toppings on the Sunday, right? Like, or you have your meat and potatoes, I'm making the number, but the fun part, I mean, that's kind of just, like, the, sort of just, like, the the things you can't account for, the intangible stuff around a game that you just think is a real thing, and it might be there. Uh, Ken, are there any any teams that, like, when you look at the board, you know, you're looking at futures now because we just wrapped up the NFL season, so now everybody's going to dive into college basketball, and, you know, you're looking at the top teams, and I, I like your guys' segment on the Paper Tigers, and, you know, you look at, like, Purdue 10-1, to 1, I would never play that. Any teams where you find some value, like, I wouldn't play this, but Rutgers is 250-1, to 1, and what did they beat, three, oh, three ranked teams in a row? Yeah. Three ranked teams in a row, man. I mean, I wouldn't really play that, but any teams like where you're just looking for like some value plays, like maybe if you didn't play anything yet uh, that you jump in on right now? Yeah, so I, I think there are two markets, right, you can play into in a lot of places. You can play into title and you can play into Final Four. So I think Final Four, the most interesting thing about that market is in any NCAA tournament, about 60% of the field, 60%, I mean, that's a lot, it's like 35 teams basically, 36 teams, will fit the criteria of winning a region. That's how wide open it is. So there's so much randomness. There's so much luck. Um, Almost any team you can make a case for to win their region. It's a very like non-exclusive group, but title, even though it's only two more wins, like to make final four, you win four games, win the title, you win six games. Title is the most exclusive club that we almost have in any sporting event. It's like, you just, you have to be a certain level of good to win six games. And there's very few teams that qualify for that right now. So I'll give you a couple that stand out that are kind of on the fringes. So Gonzaga is like the only team right now. And I know they're the favorite, but they're like the only team right now for me that checks every single box statistically. If the season, if the postseason started today, I honestly think you could get away with betting them at like five and actually feel really good about it, but we're not there yet. And they, could suffer an injury so it's not worth betting right now and the price won't change a ton it'll go down a little bit but it won't change a lot so they're amazing they could win wouldn't wouldn't shock me whatsoever a couple teams on the fringe uh houston and illinois would be two that i would identify at current prices so i think they have just as good a chance to win as kansas duke uh, you know, Arizona, Auburn, Kentucky, all the other teams that are priced way lower than them. And their price is like double what you're seeing for those. Like there are 25s. There was a 30 on Illinois that I saw today. I just think like, how can Illinois be 30 and Purdue be nine? When they play each other, the spreads are incredibly small. The games are competitive. And Illinois is much more balanced and much better on defense, which is what you would look for as a tournament team as opposed to a regular season team. And also have like a really locked in, easy kind of like game-to-game offense with Coburn and three-point shooters. So it just like makes a ton of sense to me. Like, I think they're as good as the contending teams, but they're not priced like it. Houston's not priced like it because they're Houston, because no one will believe it until they actually get to that point, right? They make the Final Four last year, but they're still Houston. They still play in the American. Nobody watches their games. Uh, Until they kind of just do it, no one's going to believe they can do it, kind of like Gonzaga, basically. Mm -hmm. But their stat profile measures up with everybody. Like, I mean, their their losses are easily explainable. Uh, Their stats are amazing. It's like the most consistent program that we have in college basketball. And they're 25. So, like, should these teams be 25 and Purdue be 9 and Kentucky be 8? Like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense that there's that much separation between those teams. What about mid-majors, Ken? Which ones do you like uh, to make a splash in March Madness from just, like, maybe a betting perspective? 
Sure. I think there's a few that stand out. It'll be interesting to see where they're all seated. Typically, even the really good mid-majors just get shafted in the tournament from where there's – I mean, we remember Loyola was in an 8-9 game last year. Loyola was a top-five team in the country, and they're in an 8-9 game last year. Like, that's where you're up against for teams making it really far. Uh, a lot of people are talking about the Mountain West teams. Those are all very interesting to follow for people. Wyoming plays tonight. They're ranked for the first time, I think, in probably forever. I actually like New Mexico, their opponent in that game at home, plus a bunch of points. But Mountain West teams will be kind of interesting, a conference that does not play very well in the tournament historically, but might get a bunch of teams in this year, like four maybe, if everything shakes right. So that's just an interesting storyline to follow. A team that's like kind of off the radar, too, I'll give you. If Toledo could ever win the MAC, and Ohio is a very good team in that conference, too. Toledo beat them. Uh, but a couple weeks ago, Toledo is like an all offense team. Those are teams that are great for like one game upsets, basically. So like their profile is kind of like, man, they get like a 13 against a four and it's the right four. They could really pop in like a one game situation. So that would be a team. Furman is another one that's going to be further down. I'll probably have them against the spread against a bunch of possible threes and fours. So there's a couple teams to kind of keep an eye on. They have to win their tournaments, which is tough. But hey, if they make it, then maybe we, we get a splash on them in the first round. Ken, we only got about two minutes left here. Um, what about in the NBA, like any teams that you're going to be targeting the second half of the season or maybe in the futures market, especially we haven't talked, you know, since the trade deadline with Harden going to Philly and obviously Ben Simmons going to Brooklyn. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I'm trying to figure out, uh, so I have Boston and Toronto to win the Atlantic division at like crazy prices and Philly gets stronger. They're now a huge favorite. Like, do I want to ride those tickets or do I want to buy out on Philly? That's like kind of the, the thought process I'm in right now. I still really like Boston to maybe win that division. How many games are you going to get from Harden and how well is he going to play until the playoffs? I think it's like still a reasonable concern. Boston's only two and a half back. I saw like eight to one on them still to win the division. I don't think that's that bad tonight. Those teams play tonight, obviously, too. The game just started. So Celtics, what am I doing with them? They're kind of an interesting team. And then in the West, just like when's the right time to buy Phoenix against everybody yeah. <laughs> yeah like i i hate betting now because like the price isn't going to go down a lot you risk an injury it's almost like a risk reward thing why would i bet phoenix now when i could bet them in a month at almost the same price right but i think i will be betting them eventually as the west just doesn't get any better and as we start to get more updates on guys getting injured players back or teams getting injured players back i, I just think phoenix's price alongside all these other teams and i'll wrap this up in like 15 phoenix's price alongside all these other teams in the east and golden state when by light years they're playing the best basketball so far this year at what point does on-court performance trump this team getting this guy back or like our magical expectation of what these teams are going to look like or Phoenix is just the best by a mile. Like at what point does the market register that? And if it doesn't and the playoffs start, I think you have to bet Phoenix. Completely agree. Ken, thanks so much, man. Great stuff. Good luck with the Embiid MVP ticket. Even though I'm uh, rooting for Ja, I think think you're looking really good, man. Well, I'll root for Cincy on your behalf. How about that? (laughs) Thank you. It's not looking good. It's 28 to 18 right now. That's well, Ken Barkley. So. Yeah, exactly. You better, you bet. That's where you could find him. Joining us on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Get a getroman.com slash betql now to get $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash betql.